Hey church, thanks for inviting us one more weekend into your living room to worship together. Hope you've had a great morning so far. Really, really looking forward to when we can gather together and worship because we're better together as Keith and Amanda told us and we're working on those plans now and as soon as we have plans uh, we will let you know. We um, can't wait for that. A couple weeks ago Keith sent me a video and I want to share it with you and I just want to preface it by saying that the quality is not that great but uh, it's a video of another pastor speaking in quarantine and I want you to hear what he says. One of the aftermaths, one of the consequences of this coronavirus pandemic is that it has removed all of the church noise. There are no praise teams, there are no choirs, there are no deacons, there are no ministries. It has stripped us of everything that we think is church and has reduced us to the book. Every week, all you got to do is hear the book. And when you hear the book, now, now that all of the distractions are gone, now that all the noise is gone, you get to hear the book clearly because there's nothing else to hear. And in the process of that it has exposed some of us who don't use the book properly it has exposed some of us because we base our ministries on how many crowds we can manipulate but it ain't no crowd you can't do no money lying now you can't do no false foolishness now all you got to do is stand on the word of the Lord Ooh. <laughs> that guy's having church all by himself um, I think I completely agree with him. Um, he is right on with his words. Reminds me, uh, when I heard that, of a message that I taught, I think four years ago, a series of messages called Stronger. And during that series, we said uh, that God has a plan to make you stronger. He has some building blocks in mind that he will use to make your faith stronger, to make you just a stronger human being, uh, stronger in your faith, stronger in your spirit. And all the things um, that God uses to make you stronger are not things you would expect him to use. And sometimes they're not even things that you would want him to use. So the bottom line for that series is that, that God has a plan to make you stronger. And here were the building blocks we talked about. Brokenness, humility, scars, regret, and weakness. Brokenness because it can be a blessing when it brings you to God. Humility because anything that humbles you ultimately helps you. Scars because your scars, your wounds, they tell a story and your story has got to be heard. Regret um, because God will redeem your regret and then exchange it for something greater. And then weakness because weakness is always the way to wisdom once you can admit your weakness. Now those are the building blocks that we talked about four years ago when I heard that pastor in that clip. My brain just clicked and God said, hey, you forgot one. You forgot one of the building blocks. And in fact, it's one of the most important building blocks that God will ever uh, be able to use in your life to make you stronger. So if you want your faith to be deeper, if you want your spirit to be stronger, if you want all of that spiritual side of you to be stronger, God is going to use those building blocks. And then he's going to use one that I overlooked, that I forgot, and I don't want you to, and that is isolation. Part of God's plan to make you a stronger Christian, a stronger human, is isolation. Now think about it. God has always used isolation to build the faith of his people. And as you read the scriptures, you're going to discover that dozens and dozens and literally thousands of people um, were allowed or forced to live in isolation. And during that isolation, a pattern started to develop. And the pattern is 
that isolation is preparation for something new. When God allows isolation, it's always preparation for something new. Every time that God allowed somebody to live in isolation, He used that isolation to prepare them for something new, a new season, a new victory, a new chapter, a new story that they would tell. Moses lived in isolation in the desert for 40 years. The Hebrew people also were forced to live in isolation in the desert for 40 years. King David, off and on before he became king, and then once even when he was king, he had to live in isolation. Paul the Apostle, he spent three years living in isolation. And even our Savior, even Jesus, spent time in isolation. I love the, the words to that new song that Dusty and Mike just taught us. Um, the, the, the lyrics are, Jesus is the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, and light in the darkness. And all of that is so true. But before Jesus became all of those things, before he became the way maker, he was alone in a wilderness. He was quarantined for 40 days and he was isolated in the desert. Now here's a picture of the Judean desert. When the Bible says wilderness, this is what you need to picture. This is actually the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. And it's a modern picture, you can tell, because there's a tire at the very bottom of that ravine. Um, that road and that desert has not changed much in the last two, 4,000 years. It is a tough place to be quarantined. And that's where Jesus spent 40 days in isolation. Here's what the scripture says. Then Jesus, this is Luke chapter 4, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the, de the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. But Jesus replied, The scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the son of God, jump off. And then the devil starts quoting scripture. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power, and reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. And most translations say, and everyone respected Jesus. So I don't want you to overlook the thing that I overlooked four years ago when we think about the, the ways God wants to make you stronger. Isolation is always where God prepares his people.
In fact, many times in Scripture, when God is just about to do something new, He's just about to do something great, He's just about to do something more powerful and more amazing than anybody had ever seen or imagined, He begins by allowing a person or a people to be isolated so He can prepare them. Turns out isolation is a pretty good tool. We've kind of learned this. Isolation is a great tool to make you stronger because it exposes you. Isolation strips away your comfort, your security. Isolation can really break you or make you. And in a very real way, isolation is completely necessary. So, the question is, what if God wants to use this isolation, our 2020 isolation? What if God wants to use that as preparation for something new? What if God is about to do something new in your life, in your family's life, in your church's life, in the life of our community? What if God is about to do something so great and so powerful that the only way he could prepare us for it was to give us a season of isolation so that we could be ready? I think that God wants to use this isolation. I don't believe he caused it, but I do believe he wants to use it to make your faith stronger. And if we're going to come out of this thing on the other side, whenever that is, if we're going to come out of this thing stronger, there are a couple of insights in that scripture that we have to pay attention to. So here's some insights from our isolation that we uh, draw from, from the isolation that Jesus experienced. First, we have to learn to embrace our isolation. And I, I just almost hate to say that because I know you're frustrated. I am too. I mean... We've had enough. We're tired of it. We're done with this. We're ready for something else besides isolation. But there's a very real sense in which if you don't embrace it, you will miss it. If you don't embrace this season for what it is, then you won't be prepared for the next season. So I want to challenge you just to take a moment to make the moment. Make the most out of this isolation that you possibly can. Even if we just have another week, God would use that week to prepare you for what's next. What we need to do is just take a few minutes and stop looking at this isolation from a political perspective, which doesn't really help us, from a frustration perspective, which just makes us more frustrated. Um, If we could just stop looking at it from an angry perspective, from a conspiracy perspective, if we could just take a few moments, certainly not the whole day, but maybe just for these moments today, if you could just take a look at this isolation from a spiritual perspective, I think you would begin to recognize it for what it is. And isolation is just an opportunity for you to grow. Isolation is an opportunity for God to build you. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to experience peace and maybe quiet for for the first time in some of our lives. Isolation is an opportunity for God to expand your vision. It's an opportunity for you to learn to see and hear God more clearly, maybe than you ever have. So I just want to say to you, don't be in such a hurry to end your isolation that you miss your preparation. God wants to do something in this time in your heart. So don't be in such a hurry to get out of isolation that you miss the preparation that God has planned for you. Jesus endured isolation for 40 days. What would have happened if Jesus decided, you know what, on day 20, let's just say day 20, Jesus is so frustrated, he's had enough, he's done, he, the, the desert is dead to him and he wants out. What if Jesus had let his anger, his frustration, his desperation, his hunger, what if he had let that get the best of him? What if he left the desert early? 
What would have happened if Jesus bailed out on his preparation of isolation on day 25, on day 30? What, what about day 39? There was a reason that Jesus hung in there for 40 days. He was embracing the isolation because he knew it was preparation for the next challenge ahead of us. So let's learn to embrace what God allows in our life. The second insight we need to learn is we have to recognize where we're vulnerable. Where you're vulnerable is important because you have an adversary that is always looking for areas of weakness. That's what an adversary does. That's what an accuser does. They are looking for moments of vulnerability. They are looking for areas of weakness and you have to know where yours are. Did you catch the timing of those attacks on Jesus? The timing is is critical. He was at the end of the 40 days. He had not eaten in 40 days. I suspect that Jesus, being a man, was pretty hangry at that time, at the end of 40 days. And he was probably weak. He was, he's been alone and starving for 40 days. Um, he was vulnerable. And that's when his adversary stepped in and began to test him and test him for real. He was vulnerable and weak in the isolation, and that's where he was attacked. And you know what? That's what's going to happen to you. Your adversary, your opponent is going to be looking for and finding your areas of vulnerability and weakness. Now you have to figure those out because if you can learn your areas, if you can recognize where you're vulnerable, then you can learn to defend yourself. So I've just learned from my own life that uh, I am most vulnerable when I'm all alone, when I'm tired, and when I'm stretched thin. And when it's all three of those things, that's when I'm most vulnerable. You just have to learn to recognize that. Now we're all different. So uh, your vulnerabilities and weaknesses are probably different than mine. Maybe, maybe for you, your weakness, your vulnerability is when you're bored. When you have idle time, that's when you're tempted and that's when you're tested. Maybe for you, it's when uh, you're with that certain group of people or that one certain person and that's when temptation comes. Maybe for you, it's a specific app or a specific website um, that makes you weak and makes you vulnerable. You have to learn to recognize where you're vulnerable so that you can be prepared for the attacks that are guaranteed to come your way. When you recognize your own vulnerability, you can begin to shore up the defenses and make yourself stronger. Third insight, I don't know any other way to say it, but to say sharpen your sword. Did you catch how Jesus defended himself against every attack? He relied on scriptures. He knew the word of God. Now, the scriptures encourage us to think of the scriptures as a sword. It it, it compares the holy scriptures to a sword, a weapon. I think the American church in the 21st century, we have been bringing a knife to a sword fight for way too long and we're losing big time. See, you can never ever learn to defend yourself against the adversary's attacks if you're just relying on your thinking, if you're relying on your opinion, if you're uh, relying on your tradition or your religion or what grandma said or what Facebook says. If you're relying on those things, you are not going to be able to defend yourself. Those are not good weapons against the enemy's attack. The best weapon you've got against temptation, against an enemy that wants to take you down and take you out, your best weapon is the Word of God. It's the only truth that you can always rely on. So remember, isolation is just 
preparation. And you and I, we can leave this season of isolation stronger and better and greater. And I believe that's what God wants for us. I believe that's what he wants for you. And I believe that's what he wants for our church, that we would leave this isolation stronger, better, and greater. So, if isolation is just preparation, then whatever is next for you could be stronger, better, and greater than yesterday. Whatever's next for you, whatever's next for your family, whatever's next for your church could be stronger, better, greater if you will allow your isolation to be your preparation for what's next. The end of that scripture, we are told that Jesus left his isolation with a brand new confidence, with new respect, and with new power. See, when Jesus entered his isolation, he was just Jesus, son of Joseph, the carpenter from Nazareth. But when Jesus left his isolation, he was Jesus of Nazareth, the son of God. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. His isolation prepared him for something new. At the end of chapter 4, we kind of get the end of the story. Uh, Jesus leaves the desert. He leaves his isolation. He goes back to Galilee. He begins to speak and to teach and he just has the awe and the respect of everybody. He's teaching and speaking with power and authority. And the, the, the ending of this scripture says this. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, You are the Son of God. But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. This is so interesting to me because um, Jesus did not leave his isolation and then go right back to normal. This is what scares me the most about this isolation for me. And this is what scares me the most about this isolation for our church. That we would be in such a hurry, that we would so desperately want to be normal again, that we would so desperately want to go back to the way things were, that we would miss what God has for us tomorrow. Jesus didn't leave his isolation and then go right back to being Jesus, son of Joseph, the carpenter from Nazareth. He left his isolation and entered something brand new. Same with Moses. Moses didn't leave his isolation and then go back to normal. He didn't leave his isolation and then move back to Egypt and become the Pharaoh's grandson again. That's not what he did. He left his isolation and entered into something brand new. David Paul, the Hebrew people, anytime you see in scripture a person being isolated, that isolation when they were done, they never, not once, went back to the way things used to be. They always left their isolation and entered something new. It was preparation for something new. So, let's ask ourselves this question. What if we could leave our isolation with new confidence new respect, and new power. I believe that's what God wants for us. I, I believe that God would not have us to go back to normal. I believe that God is using this isolation as preparation for something new. If God prepares you for something, guess what? It's never for yesterday. 
God never prepares you for yesterday. He always prepares you for tomorrow. He doesn't prepare you for the past. He prepares you for the future. And I think that's what God wants to do during this isolation. And so we have to be honest with each other. Um, I think you've seen it. I hope this isn't you, but it probably is for some of us. This isolation has broken some of us. This isolation has just laid us bare. It's exposed our Sunday-only faith for some of us. Some of us, our casual Christianity has just been exposed to the world. For some of us, our comfortable check-a-box religion is just not enough. It's become obvious to some of us that we've been playing church this whole time, maybe our whole life. We've been playing church and we haven't figured out yet how to be the church, what that looks like. It's because this isolation can make or break you. And I I think maybe that's why, as Christians, some of us are really frustrated. I mean, that's the real reason that we're frustrated. If you kind of get to the core of why you're angry, why you're desperate, why you're frustrated with isolation, if you follow Jesus, it's probably because you have not allowed this isolation to be preparation. This isolation has just exposed your faith as not being enough, not being strong enough. And I understand that. The good news is it's not too late. It is not too late for you to embrace this season of isolation. It's not too late for you to recognize this season for what it is and allow God to speak to you, to teach you, to build you, to strengthen you, to sharpen you. It's not too late. You can embrace this season today. You can embrace this isolation and allow allow God to speak to you and use you and make you stronger. See, I've been saying this for for weeks and I'm not going to stop saying it. One day, maybe years from now, your isolation is just going to be a story that you tell. That's it. Someday this will all be a memory and it will be a story that you tell. So the question that we all have to ask, am I writing a story worth remembering? Am I writing a story worth telling? Am I going to be proud of the words I use to tell the story about how I lived my life during isolation? Are you writing a story worth telling? Are you writing a story worth remembering? I know you can. And the way you can is to allow this isolation to become your preparation for whatever is next. Let's pray together. Would you pray in these moments? And I just want to give you some, some direction. Would you ask God right now, to help you embrace this season and show you what you need to learn. Just pray, God, show me what I need to learn to be stronger in my faith. Would you also pray, God, reveal to me where I am most vulnerable. Help me to recognize my own weaknesses. And then would you ask God to help you to learn to rely only on his word? And Jesus, I just want to add to those prayers um, a, a prayer of thanks that in our isolation we are not alone because you are with us and you understand how we feel. You understand our frustration, our anger, our desperation. But more than understand, you overcame. And so help us to be overcomers. Help us, God, to come out of this isolation stronger the way you did. Help us to come out of this isolation prepared for whatever is next. God, we want you to build our faith, make us stronger, 
and we are we are ready to submit to you using this isolation as our preparation for what's next what's next because we love you and we trust you we pray in jesus name amen